Harris Heeran, the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Eve with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. It's time for three more chapters. You know what? You were right. We shouldn't have gone to four chapters. I read that first chapter. I was like, this has gone on for a minute. Chapters five and six weren't so bad, but I was like, chapter four, I thought we're walking into something here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did get to the, the end of this and I was like, mm, we could, we could have read about how Gunther won Brunhild. Sure. We could have, we could have done it. But it took my entire lunch period to read these three chapters. That's yeah. how I judge the length. And that's, yeah. that's about how long it took to read, uh, Saga Time. So. Yeah. A, a, a lunch period worth of reading is a good amount of reading. Yeah. Um, well, I check my phone compulsively because, you know, brains. Yeah. Uh, I, so I was like in a waiting room, mm-hmm. uh, reading this today. Mm-hmm. And before we, we left to, to go, um, it was my, my wife just had like a procedure where she had to like go under, um, mm-hmm. you know, the like sedation or whatever. Uh, so it wasn't like serious, but like they don't let you leave without a, a another human being when that yes, happens. Yes. So I just had to sit around during it. Um, and before we left, like we were like in the car on the way to the appointment and I was like, ah, should I forget to, to take my pills today? Uh, so I had to read this without Adderall and it was much harder to not keep checking my phone. <laughs> Um, especially Fair for, enough. for the first of the, the chapters we read. Oh yeah. Um, One chapter here, big stinker. The other two chapters pretty good. Yeah. There's like, there's like some decent little moments. Uh, I feel like it's not nearly as bad as some of the, the harrying. No, but he is harrying. We got up to. Like he, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> this man is fucking harrying. Yeah. There's just sometimes slightly, uh, like more, uh, you know, Fancy prose about it. The battle rages of the ancient world. Harrying. Yeah. He does extreme. <laughs> the battle does extremely rage. And Sieg- Siegfried in particular just um, continues to to be the protagonist uh, seemingly of a video game at this point. Well, it's really weird because he showed how up, many he showed people he's, he's like, these lines are uh, mine. <laughs> Uh, fuck you. I'm taking them all. And then they were hospitable to him. And now he's just their best bud. And he's like doing quests for the king and shit. And he's like the king's you're in charge of my all of my armies. Siegfried. Uh, it truly he truly is the Skyrim boy. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. He it, didn't go. There was a bit here where it was like he fights the Sax fights uh, with the Saxons. And I was like, is he going to go and like join the Saxons and invade the land that he was hired to protect? Because with can mean all sorts of things. Yeah. That would be the true Bethesda protagonist of going to the enemy army, uh, passing a speech check and becoming their general and going back and invading the place you came from. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, instead, um, the the Saxons and the the Danish, uh, they're like two brothers, right? Ludger and Ludegast, but... Um, the sovereign of Saxony and the king of Denmark. Yeah. Um, and they, they come knocking and they're like, Hey, we're going to invade you. Um, I just imagine the Winkle, Winklevoss twins when I think of these two. That's just their vibe. Just total losers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, uh, Gunther's like, well, this sucks. Uh, man, I'm all depressed. They're gonna, they're gonna invade us. Um, and what? I think it's, uh, Hagen who suggests, uh, why don't you just, like, get Siegfried to take care of this? Um, and he does. Uh, but yeah, most of the chapter is just the fights and, uh, just how many, like, peons, like, you know, just like grunt characters Siegfried mows down before getting to, like, the boss fight against the king and then does really well in the boss fight against the king. Mm. Um, it's just, uh, it's like, <laughs> I, I imagine this being, what is it, the Muso games? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. He does one With just one how much army. he's like, yeah. <laughs> With how much he's just fucking up, like, entire groups of soldiers. Yeah. It'll just be like, he, like, uh, hewed the helm of, like, 80 soldiers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I thought it was just, like, slightly interesting in terms of contrast. Uh, Basically, there's, like, constantly stuff about how bummed out, like, the kinswoman are gonna be about all the people who died, uh, which I just feel like the Old Norse stuff did not care about. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he fights with the Saxons and wins, yes. basically. Uh, and then, uh, the next chapter... Chapter five, uh, Siegfried first sets eyes on Kremhild. Um, so basically like she's been kept in isolation and, um, he essentially, I think he specifically asked that he be able to see her. Um, cause even before he's seen her, it seems like he just has the hots for her. Like, yeah, already. Um, I guess he did like come here to try and woo her, but. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, there's this whole, like, um, all the young ladies in waiting come out and everything. Uh, almost like a big, uh, ball vibe yes. happening here. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole bit where they're like, all of the knights, uh, were just falling over themselves for women they hadn't seen before. And I was like, truly nothing has changed in a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. Just new women and the men go nuts. Uh, <laughs> uh, medieval German men would not be able to handle the AI women that we have today. <laughs> they would see it's her, a new woman they would, I, every time. It gives me a new woman. <laughs> they would see their her seven fingers that look like six fingers, and you look at where they meet the hand and lose their goddamn minds. <laughs> um. I don't know if there's any like specific passage in here that jumped out to you, but no, I they do immediately spot each other and go, "Damn, these this is the one." I, this gives me like big like yeah. Romeo and Juliet meeting vibes. That's the thing I think of. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like any other big stuff that stood out to me. Um. But then, uh, I think, is it at the end of this chapter where we get some of the stuff about, uh, 
them wanting to to go to Iceland to get Brunhild? Uh, no, this chapter has mostly just has Siegfried wanting to leave. He keeps wanting to go back home and like, no, 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 please stay. And they're falling over themselves to try to convince him to stay by promising more opportunities to hang out with, uh, you know, with a beautiful lady. And it's enough. Yeah. Really just dangling cream hill in front of him like keys to get him to stay in the land. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then it ends with, uh, so Gunther's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get a good maiden myself. I'm also maidenless, which, yes. you know, tragedy for a king. Yes. Um, and I need to find, like, you know, Kriemhild's like the, the greatest lady in all the land, but, uh, she's also my sister, so I gotta, like, go somewhere else. You know, I also, gotta find another. She is depicted as, like, the innocent, right? Like, a yeah. type of woman. Like, she is, she's beautiful and, like earnest and open-hearted and like the sun and he's like no i need me a bad bitch and he finds the woman who has just been making men compete for her never given affection for seemingly forever (laughs) yeah um and here we get specifically three challenges uh Mm -hmm. it's a javelin toss um a uh like weight hurling like a stone hurling or something um and then a long leap it's just like you know old ass olympics over here um and if if they beat her at all three then they can marry her but otherwise they die she she uh takes their life um and everybody who's challenged her has died um and so uh yeah, he he has has his heart set on this, um, and they're like, "Well, we got to bring Siegfried because he's a he's a protagonist, you know. Um, he's got like loadouts and everything, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll make sure he comes along. Uh, notably, he brings a magic cloak well, that yeah. he." Uh, the main thing he goes they're like ah oh, we can summon an entire army thirty thousand warriors will march down and win her heart and he's like wait 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 slow down. Adventure party. Four of us. Hear me yeah. out. <laughs> this is a quest, not a war. Uh, we need a fighter. We need a cleric. We need a black mage. <laughs> um, and like a thief or honestly, just another fighter will do. Yeah, we could, we fighter. could do all fighters. Definitely it's two fine. fighters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and part of the plan is that they are all going to pretend to be vassals of yeah. Gunther. Um, but, uh, yeah, he brings this, this magic cloak, uh, which he won from this dwarf, Albrecht, which I think also, like, he, he, um, it's, was noted earlier, left a bunch of his treasure with Albrecht. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, like, cognate with Alberon, the, the king of the fairies from, like, um, you know, Irish and, and, like, Scotch kind of folklore. Mm. Um, and then, uh, is also the, I think, um, was that Anvari, the, the, like, dwarf who had the ring in, mm-hmm. uh, Volsunga Saga. Um, it, it's like the same guy here. So, um, but, yeah, th- I'm sure this cloak will, will come in handy because, uh, when he wears it, he gains the strength of 12 men and also, like, basically turns invisible. Yeah. Um, Definitely not about to pull some Sterner de Bergerac shit with this. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then they they basically oh before they set sail too they're like uh because they're asking Siegfried like you know you seem to know more about uh Brunhild and her court than like we do um you know like how should we dress and it's like oh you need like the best outfits and you need like your morning wear your like day wear and your evening wear and it needs to be different every single day so we need three pieces for four days we need 12 separate outfits uh each um and so they they go to uh creamhild and she and her like various uh you know court of ladies um sew all the the garments for them and like you know what a shield fold of jewels and stuff to like decorate it um a note here, I didn't know if you read this appendix note uh, on the Zazamank, uh, yeah. the silk from Zazamank. Um, but yeah, this is like extremely uh, uh, introduced, like reflecting the time when this in particular was written down. Uh, interest in like finery from from foreign lands and like Zazamank, I think, is like a fake city in Morocco or something mm-hmm. from like some other book. Um, but. Um, there's so many, like, descriptions, I think, especially in this, too, of, like, how, uh, intensely ornate all the furniture is and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they, they set sail, uh, and it's a really difficult, uh, trip to take, but Siegfried, he's got it, because, again, like, you don't need an entire crew manning the ship if you just have a protagonist at the wheel. <laughs> so... Um, oh, and the, the other thing here is, uh, Siegfried agrees to do this if he can marry, um, Kriemhild when they, mm-hmm. when they bring Brunhild back. So, uh, I'm sure none of this will, will turn sideways. <laughs> um, that was generally the reading though. Yeah. Yeah. They're about to get, the- start some shit. Yeah, the one thing uh, that I've been struck by so far, and I'm sure, like, other things will enter in, but in Volsunga Saga, there's, like, so much importance put to, like, Odin is involved in, like, the whole thing with the killing of Otter and the ring um, and, like, the stuff that makes near the dragon, and then Odin's involved in, like getting Seerthur to slay the dragon and then Seerthur has the ring and then the ring is this like additional thing that's like this curse being passed down that is part of why the whole like marriage goes bad when the ring is like used for the proposal um and without like all of that backstory there there's just like new stuff being filled in it feels like um at points so I'm kind of curious to see how like some of that stuff will develop more um because there, there's a lot of the Volsunga saga that feels tied to, like, Odin just having his hands in a bunch of pies. <laughs> um, yes. And this whole, like, thing that he does way in the past that, like, curses this ring that then, like, goes on to curse his, you know, chosen, uh, his chosen warrior or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I'm sure there'll be, like, 
other fun dramatic twists instead. Um, and it'll be less about the folly of like one god because again, this seems decidedly more Christian. Yes. Um, I think that's it for the reading, though. Yeah. We'll be doing chapters 7, 8, and 9 next week. Yeah. Look forward to it. Um, otherwise, I, I don't know what you've been up to. Dying. I mean, I, fucking dying. Yeah. I just, uh, I had, like... I like pulled a muscle, something, I don't know, in my, in my like abs uh, the other day and spent literally an entire day just writhing in pain constantly. Uh, and that wasn't fun. Really just like torpedoed an entire day of my life. So don't do that. Yeah. Today I'm feeling a little better, still sore, but not constantly in distracting amounts of pain. Well, at least that's an improvement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I also had a day that was just like lost. Um, I think that our toddler had something and it was just milder because they're a a toddler. Um, and then, uh, Emily had it and then she gave it to me and it was like a very, like, it was like 72 hours max as like an illness. Um, and it started just being like, like there was just one day where uh I was sneezing constantly. Like there was a, a a period where I was sneezing every like five to fifteen seconds for like fifteen minutes straight. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Um and so I felt like really congested and stuff during that time. Uh but then the like last day of it just knocked me out. And so I just like I slept in and then I took two naps that day and I just didn't do any like I wasn't playing Final Fantasy eight because I just felt bad. Uh I was just like knocked out. Like when I was awake too, I was just like chilling on the sofa, not really doing much. Uh so I feel like I like wasted an entire day this weekend. Um and then I've been kind of busy the rest of the the rest of the time. So um I've been up. I haven't been up to too much. Um, I did play a little bit of the watermelon game. Um, oh, Suica the, game! Like, yeah, Suica game. So when um, that hit the VTubers, what I did to myself, just as a gift to my own brain, is I looked up video of Japanese players before it blew up in like the the VTuber scene. Just. Getting high, getting like 7,000 points, like an incredibly high score, and it just evaporated my interest in the game instantly. Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, it is one of those games, like, uh, it's definitely in the vein of, um, threes and whatever the knockoff, yes. like 20, 2048 or, yes. yeah. I famously did not like threes, didn't like the compulsive, what if I just did this again? Oh, there goes another 15 minutes nature of it. Um, not the kind of game I enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been kind of enjoying it, but it is very, it is very compulsive. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it does seem, <clears throat> I mean, because of the physics stuff, it does at least seem like a little bit more uh, advanced than that. Like 2048 was extremely easy to just immediately break. Yeah. Um, this will just fuck you over by launching a cherry into the sun for no good reason. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes stuff combines and it just like explodes weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it was very funny to watch the arc of that blow up. All the VTubers play it, kind of get sick of it. Then the streamer, or then the dev going, I don't want people to clip my game. And then the Hololive ripoff of it coming out and all VTubers getting back on board to play that because it has their faces on it. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Hololive ripoff, but. Oh, have you not seen the, this is mostly gone through Japanese because the, the, the girls in it are mostly the Japanese ones. Um, yeah. And they, they just kind of look like Tsum Tsums. Remember the Tsum Tsum game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's just a, I'm going to send you a link to the page. Um, uh, that's it. That's all I got. They were all playing it, but it's like, you know, Kanata and Marine and Miko and, uh, Noel, like Japanese ass, uh, Hall Live members. Yeah. It's very funny uh, with the fan games is you kind of tell who the person is making it by which of the 8,000 Hololive talents they include in their fan game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the reasons why I got it was uh, my kid just like loves video games right now, but we're trying to like get them to play more than just, like, Smash Brothers and stuff all the time, which is, like, what they always want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of it is we've been trying to, like, have more puzzle gamey stuff. To what purpose? So it's also, like, showing it to my kid today. Um, not to, like, not to, like, critique, because I don't, I, I'm not. But to what purpose is there, oh, not, not Smash Brothers, something else? Uh, mostly I'm fucking sick of Smash Brothers. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's the biggest thing. There's only so much, like, especially Smash Brothers with a toddler that you can play before you just get tired of it. I've never played a video game with a toddler in my life. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um. Need to get them reading so you can get them on the Pokemon grind. Get them into JRPGs. Yeah, that is honestly the plan. Um, is especially like once they and reading learning how to read is such a weird fucking thing because it's like there's stuff you can do that helps it but it's mm-hmm. like it's just a thing that the human brain figures out when they're when you're little it's mm-hmm. just weird um but once they they hit a level where they can like you know reliably read stuff on their own um i am gonna i might because i work for an industrial supply company so i can probably get like a cheap solder iron and stuff for Mm -hmm. you know like at manufacturing or at supplier cost not manufacturing cost but um you know whatever the supplier sells it to us for i can get it for Mm -hmm. um and so uh i might do that and try and like replace the batteries in like my pokemon red or pokemon yellow or whatever oh yeah uh the save battery and just be like here play this um because i feel like especially for the first one just like those those old game boy pokemon that's just gonna like really explain you know this is the basics of jrpg you don't have to worry about bad like uh berries and growing berries uh it's not gonna come into this at all um you know you you don't have to like deal with an open world 
That yeah, Super Mario RPG would be fun too. But yeah, ninety six. So I was like eleven when I played that. So you got a ways to go. Yeah. I mean, I know um, there's people who got into RPGs before that, um, but I wasn't among them. That was my first RPG. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like like Pokemon Red is pretty basic. Yeah, but I mean, it's still might be for like a year or two. But they also I feel like just maybe like RPGs. I I didn't like talky games when I was young. I was like, I don't want to play a game where I have to read. Yeah. But I think it'll also just be a thing of like like the Switch. We have a timer on. You play the Switch for an hour and it stops letting you play video games unless you input the unlock code. Oh, right. Um, because you just kind of have to control that stuff. Otherwise, like, the kid will do literally nothing else. Um, and you just got to get some variety for, like, their brain to develop various things. Um, and you're not going to get all of that from just Smash Brothers for, you know, eight hours straight. So, um, yeah, but I feel like, uh, you know, Pokemon Red on the Game Boy, like, it's not like they can, like, easily access other games. I can just give it to them and be like, here you go. Feel free to play it for a while. Learn how to read. <laughs> Practice That's your true. reading. That's true. Um, there's, it's got Pikachu in it, you know? Pokemon you Yellow. Pikachu. Pokemon Yellow has Pikachu right on the front. Yeah. Follows you around. It does. It says it Pika does Pika. It. Makes makes the first gym real fucking hard. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that's generally what I've been up to. I mean, still reading manga for stuff. Um, it's like the other thing in the background. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like we've said this on some other thing by now, but uh, on Ghost Divers, we, we are making the choice to go down to one volume of Nanine episode now, because uh, we were just going three and a half long. hours of podcasting a week instead of four. <laughs> it'll, it'll probably, like, average three. We've been averaging four to four and a half. Uh, fair enough. How do you feel yeah. about that guy dying who was the inspiration for your least favorite character? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I basically, on my locked account, tweeted what I was feeling, which is, as a Bucktick fan, I was like, oh, man, Sakur- Sakurai died. Like, rip to a legend. Uh, but then, uh, as a Nana fan, I was like, burn in hell, fuckface. So, is he, like, the just, like, the visual inspiration, or was he, is he, a, was he a Takumi? Um... I don't, I don't know, like, in terms of his, his general personality all the time. Okay. Um... I it feels like he was probably not like as intense. The worst man alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know of any like accusations of like sexual abuse against him or anything. There you go. <laughs> um but it it's some of it is like visual inspiration but also um so Bucktick formed when they were in high school and uh unlike Trapness where like Takumi's foundational to the forming of, of like, you know, the, the original two. It's like Takumi and Reira and in Nana. That's the foundation of Trappist. Um, instead, it was like some other people formed it, but they, uh, recruited him to be the drummer at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, 
like this rebellious loner who was a Yankee um, and all of that. So that kind of like vibe that you get of like Takumi's backstory where he's like going around the high school smashing windows seems like it's also probably pulling from from Sakurai's like okay. history. Um, and then uh, they eventually got rid of their singer because they they didn't like the singer uh like they were trying to do more complex music and he just didn't have the voice to like do melodies in the way that they wanted to do um and apparently sakurai just like really ragged on them being like let me sing and they finally agreed and then he was just the singer for like you know when they were in when they uh got an independent label and then when they hit major label and stuff Mm -hmm. um so uh but yeah i i don't know that much about like you know what people thought of him like after he became a member of the band i just know that the the story of the history is that he was like a uh kind of a bad kid in high school okay um so um and yeah he does also kind of just look like Takumi. yeah um and like bucktick when when they first started out were known for wearing suits all the time when they played which mm. like Takumi always has that suit on as like part of his you know stage presence um, yes so uh yeah but i mean one of the many reasons why i feel like uh trapness is the most like bucktick in terms of sound because also like bucktick started as a, a punk band mm-hmm. um and then like basically became the creators of visual k as a genre mm-hmm. um anyway uh, rip to a legend. <laughs> uh, burn in hell, fuckface. Basically, yeah. my my two conflicting. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, if only Takumi, uh, you know, would drop dead. God, if only. Um. <laughs> Just get a brain hemorrhage on stage. Which uh, it seems to be how soccer. That's, a bad, that's a bad way to go. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad about it when I think about the actual man that yes. happened to you. When I think about talking to me, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Um, it would make for a dramatic chapter. It always sounds like fake. Because I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I read the first time I ever heard of someone just having a brain hemorrhage and dying like instantly was in the Stephen King book Insomnia. Where that's like the inciting incident of the guy's wife dying. Um, and it just sounds so fucking fake that you could just fucking have a thing, a thing in your brain explode and you just die instantly. It sounds yeah. fake. Um, apparently it was like a, a closed concert for like fans, fans of the band. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he just, uh, like the first song, he didn't look too hot, and then he had to sit down for the second song, and then they rushed him to the hospital, and he like died that night. And then they announced it like a few days later. Imagine you were at that concert. Yeah, <laughs> fucked you up for real. Yeah, especially if you're like a big enough fan that you get invited to this to like private special concert. Yeah, yeah, private concert. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, looking forward to shorter uh, episodes of Ghost Yeah, Divers. me too. <laughs> As the person who has to record them. Uh, Three-hour episodes, I'm fine with. I can I can do a three-hour episode. Um, not like for every single podcast that I did, but for Ghost Divers. Three hours, it's fine. 
The uh, thing about Ghost Divers is that it's mostly on topic. So when I get like a three-hour non-homophobia zone, I'm like, fuck yeah, they're going to talk about 800 different things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Uh, if I get a three-hour Ghost Divers, I know it's going to be about two things. <laughs> yeah. Um, truly, like, I think Connor is the only person that I could do a, a podcast like Ghost Divers with. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean I none of us would put up with you to that extent? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whereas sometimes with ghost divers, I feel like I'm the one trying to rein Connor in being like, we can move on. That sounds, that sounds fake. This sounds like a bit. And I know it's not a bit, but it sounds in this moment like a bit. You going, no, 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 we have to stop. <laughs> we can't keep going on to Connor. The most like, he just has wingman vibes. He's just the most wingman co-host in the world. I'm not talking ill of Connor. I don't know him. I listen to a lot of your podcasts, though, and I can't imagine Connor setting the tenor of your podcast ever. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying because I podcast with you and you got if, if there's energy to grab and like reins to take, you will do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Part of it is when we first started, I felt like I just mowed over Connor too much mm. that I like had to intentionally like put the reins in his hands and be like, go boy. <laughs> like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta steer the ship a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, Puton was also kind of this, me being like, you, you host this one, Connor. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, but then there are times with with uh, Ghost Divers where I'll I'll be like, we we can probably like hit the next episode, you know. I feel like I'm usually the one who will be like, we can move on to the next episode. It doesn't always, I think, come off that way in the recording because sometimes I'll say that, and then I'll be like, but first let's go to the bathroom, like let's take a body break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the way that I edit sometimes it might be Connor coming in being like, so chapter whatever, um, but. Yeah. Uh, I feel like most of the time I, I am like next. I mean, the other thing that's been happening with the Nana season in particular is that we just have it in front of us. Um, which just makes it like comics in particular are just so easy to, to like zoom in on. We're just going to like go scene by scene because it's literally right there. This is a thing that, um, I think Molly does with reprise that I just, it never occurred to me because it's not how I think about these things where like for totally spies. And I think for twin peaks, they would just have the episode open each of them and like scrub through it while they're talking. Right. Yeah. And I just, that, and when I do manga and stuff, like I do that when I, when I have the book here, I can just look at the book. Um, but I would never think to do that for a show or a movie or a video game. A video game doesn't really work that way, obviously. Um, yeah. And it's just not, it's not how my brain works, but it does help with the, to expand. There's just like two types of podcasts. There's meticulously going through scene by scene, talk about how it all connects and what your feelings and shots you like, whatever, uh, which is the ghost divers way. And then there's the abnormal mapping way, which is big picture, thematic focused things we pulled out, memories, not so much about the concrete nature of the text itself. Yeah. Trying to move GGP in that direction um, has been a, a interesting. People seem to be really responding well to it. Um, we have found a good pod, like anime to do that with. Um, yeah. 
Uh, because I take no notes now. Uh, I like, I write down, I, I write down a couple things that I, if I'm like, I'm going to forget this the one bit that I want to mention, but mostly I'm just like glancing at the Gundam wiki, uh, which for double O is pretty extensive. Uh, thank God. Yeah. I mean, that might run out at some point. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, when we did IBO, it was like at the very beginning, there was extremely exhaustive summaries. And then we hit like some point in the middle of, of season one and it was just nothing. <laughs> Great. Um, so, um, yeah, I feel like GGP is the, the most that like abnormal mapping gets to the going blow by blow through. Um, and it's still just at the like, just granularly, you have to do like two episodes, uh, which is just different than watching like, you know, uh, 13 episode core of an anime and then doing like, a beach house on it or whatever i mean the thing is if i if we had to do if there's like a version of that of ggp that someone else is doing uh, that like goes watches five episodes and talks at length about them goes through scene by scene um but if i had to record a four-hour podcast every week about anything much less gundam i would be so miserable i just don't enjoy that (laughs) yeah um I mean, if Ghost Divers had started as a weekly podcast, it would have moved to every other week. <laughs> yeah. Like, abnormal um, mapping, we often go long lately, but that's once a month. And by the end of, yeah. uh, like, the abnormal mapping that came out last week, as people are listening to this, not out yet, uh, on Shenmue. Um, by the end of that, me, Jackson, and D are all punchy. We're talking about fucking locked Twitters and Gamergate and bullshit. Um, and then I had to lie down and I took a nap for three hours. So I just fucking couldn't function. It was, it was <laughs> exhausting. I don't know how you do a four-hour podcast, and then it's like during the week you got to go to bed and go to work the next day. You fucking kidding me? I'd be dead. No, we we record Ghost Divers on Saturdays. Oh, okay. And we do we record it at like we usually start around eight thirty, uh, and so we'll we'll finish, and I will usually Ghost Divers is the only podcast that I get like this reaction to, which is that I just have to go like sit on the sofa in silence for like yes. a half hour and then I go to sleep. That's me with um, most of my podcasts. I just, yeah. once I'm done socialized out, I need to be quiet and chill. Um, whereas like, you know, when I had to drive into work after we recorded this, I would like basically finish recording and then like go brush my teeth and go to bed. Um, and with now with like Puton, it's like record, I edit, upload it, brush my teeth, go to bed. Uh, cause I have to go now. Puton's the one that I have to go to work after. Um, but yeah. Um, and like stairwells is just the most, like we're just hanging out bullshitting. If there wasn't a mic, we would probably still talk like that sometimes. Yes. Um, you know, we not as much now because our commutes don't line up, but like, you know, sometimes Autumn would call when I'd be driving home and we'd just record a podcast for nobody. Like, you know, yeah. not actually record it, but we would just yeah. do one. Yeah. That's, that's me and Jackson all the time. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many of the world's shittiest VoIPs that are just my commute. Yep. <laughs> they're not actually recordable because they're, they're not, they're not as like structured. It's more like, ah, let's complain about this one thing that was on era today and how gamers are bad, uh, or whatever, uh, what's going on in the world, stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we we never ended up doing the thing where we tried to record the commute thing just as like a bonus thing. But if we did, we would probably have to cut stuff out anyway because it just like veers into, you know, oh, here's the thing that came up in like <laughs> therapy that I don't want to say on a podcast. Mm. Um, so. But, uh, yeah. Um, especially because back then, it, like... It used to be uh, on Thursdays when I was commuting, I had had my therapy on Wednesday and Autumn's was like Thursday. So it was also like we just had therapy and we were thinking about it. So <laughs> um, I feel like it comes up less on my calls now because it's, you know, now I have therapy on Thursday. Um, don't commute until next Monday. It's a lot of time for me to just sit by myself and think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. My therapy's down to like every three or four weeks. We're not really working on it. I'm I'm kind of like done. We're just gonna talk about therapy for a second because I don't care to talk about mine. I'll talk about it. Um, we're kind of like done, but I don't want to like end treatment, right? Um, yeah. Because every couple of weeks, it's just grounding to talk to someone whose job it is to accept your complaints and problems and reflect back to you that you're handling them much better than you were and have no. She has no skin in the game on do like lying to me, but not that people around me would lie about that. But you know, you have the thing where like when you, when you when you feel down and your friends support you, at least if you're me, you go, "That's nice," but you have to do that. You're my friend, so it doesn't count. It's very easy to discount the 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 attention and emotion of your friends, um, because sometimes you're broken inside, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my therapist doesn't have that. She's going to be supportive, but her job is to push back on me when I'm, when I'm engaging in, uh, self-sabotaging behavior. So if, if she says I'm doing okay, then I believe her, um, because it's her job to do that, um, in the right position. But like, um, like I have it coming up and it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Cause like all the things that are wrong, I'm handling, I'm coping with, I have good skills. I feel all right about, they're not solved. I'm not happy. <laughs> um, but I'm handling them in a normal way. And I think that's just half of therapy to me was learning that the thing that I'm going to have to accept as existence is just not as good as you think it should be. <laughs> yeah. And I say that as a person, a lot of like moment to moment joy. I think I'm pretty cheerful. I'm like negative in like outlook, fatalistic, maybe pessimistic, but I don't know. I'm pretty cheery. I think <laughs> you should agree with me and go, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. doesn't matter when you say it though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I knew it didn't. That's why I didn't say anything. Okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I do. I do actually like the validation, even if I'm often not appreciative of it at the moment. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this week I'm going to ask her about ADHD meds. Like I have to go to a psych obviously, but like I need a referral to go see a psych to get, cause I'm high functioning, right? Like I get a lot of stuff done. I feel like I'm super productive compared to my friends. But lately I like the last three, four weeks, I have been going, I would love to watch a movie and then not finding the capacity in my heart to like and brain to sit and with the attention to watch a movie and succeed. But I'll spend the exact amount of time watching YouTube and I just am like I'm it's not even like a, I'm making poor choices. It's I literally can't get my brain to tick over into commitment mode on this. Meanwhile, I'm like yeah. hyper fixated on games, clearing like eight games a month or whatever. Truly just like psycho gamer vibes. 
And, um, which is fine. I don't mind it, but I'm, I'm, it's been like almost two years of like this. And I'm just like, I would love to just sit and watch a movie and I don't, I don't have it in me. And it feels weird to just not have it, not have the capacity. Um, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, Uh, I, like, I just can't do it. Yeah. I feel like I was also very high functioning with stuff. mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it is that I just had jobs where like stuff was enough in crisis mode all the time that that like would keep me motivated to like do things. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, my thing is like I, at my job, I'm working a, a job and a half basically, and I'm on the, like on the discord managing, it doesn't require a lot of management. Right. But like I'm engaging a community constantly during the work day. I'm talking to my friends, I'm on Twitter and I'm listening to a podcast or YouTube at two times speed just to like inundate my brain with enough input to keep it soothed. So I don't just climb up the walls. And at some point I go, I don't think this is normal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I I was like, I would like to listen to music during the work day. I would like to like explore some music because I don't listen to music anymore and I'm trying to fix that. But then I go, I just literally can't sit and listen to an album without feeling crazy. And I don't think that's normal. Yeah. So I'm going to see what I can do about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the big thing for me is my, my job just changed to a thing where uh, it's like, all right, in like three weeks, we need to have this stuff done. Um, and it's just kind of up to, to me how I'm going to do that in three weeks. Um, and that's the part where my ADHD brain is just like, well, fuck. Yeah. Um, podcasts are great because it's just a schedule. I just, I do the reading. I show up, you know, every week or every other week. <laughs> um, I got to like plan out my own little project for this. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a little concerned mostly cuz like I don't want to get on meds that I then can't reliably get, but that just seems to be like the new normal, so I'll deal with it when it comes to it. If that if it comes to it, I mean, who knows, right? Maybe yeah. I do the assessment like, "Nah, you're fine." And I'll be like, "Okay, I guess I'm just crazy. It's fine. I'll get over it." Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing I've started doing is like cuz they give me like the full dosage for every day. Um, mm-hmm. for a month. And I don't need it as much on weekends. Um, and so I will take like half the amount on weekends, usually that I would during a weekday. Um, and so I just am like building up a backlog for when like they're out of it. So I don't feel like I should have to do that. Yeah. It's, it's still not ideal, but, um, yeah. Um, also, there's just times where, like, like I forgot to take, you know, before I went, I forgot to take my Adderall today before I went to the, the like, and I was thinking about just doing a half dose today, and when I did that, I was like, well, I'm just not taking Adderall today, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the group chat every two paragraphs. <laughs> Sam. Um, yeah. In, in terms of my therapy, I'm to every other week right now. Because mm. um, it's it's the thing of, like, if I have a really bad week or, like, even just, like, a really bad day or two of just, like, bad mental health, mm. um, then it's good to be able to talk about that. But there's 
there's lots of times where, um, like, if if not, if something big didn't really come up, sometimes I'm just like, I don't really know what to talk about here. Yeah. Um, I'm having like, those a lot, and I go every three weeks. So it's like, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, I do find it also really helpful to just bounce off, like, to talk to somebody and in the process organize my thoughts and feelings yes. about a thing. Yes. Like, <laughs> just having an impartial person to talk to and then be like, I guess that is how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. My therapist is uh, totally fine with doing that, uh, as long as I want to do it. So, yeah. um, I, I don't have any intention of ending therapy. It's just in a weird place. Because it used to be, yeah. used to be so proactive. I'd like be reading books for it and we'd be really digging into stuff. And it was a lot. And now it's just not a lot anymore. Um, and on some level, I'm like, I need to find new things wrong with me to bring to therapy. Uh, unfortunately, I still have the same six things wrong with me that I had five years ago. They're just different. They're, I'm just handle them much differently now. And it's fine because that's the, that's the, that's the actual winning of therapy is you just handle your same bullshit a little bit better than you used to. Yeah. Um. The the one like big thing with the therapist I have right now is mm. they do um a lot of attachment theory stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which for me early on I had the moment where um we were talking about stuff and I, I just realized that like, it was especially from like the attachment theory stuff. It's like, okay, when you have a PTSD attack, like, yes, there are these like various like coping mechanisms and stuff that you can use to help out. Um, but especially from like the, the attachment perspective, it's like, you need a loved one to like take care of you to heal the wound. The wound is that people did not take care of you. You need someone to take care of you and you need to like be willing to accept that. Uh which just really sucked to hear as like cuz I was like, you know, oh, I could just fix this myself. <laughs> um so at first I was like this sucks and then I was like, eh, I probably actually need a therapist who's going to tell me this rather than the therapist that's going to give me some more coping mechanisms. Um cuz I've got those, you know? Mhm. Mm they haven't, they haven't fixed me being like neglect trauma brained yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's the big thing I've been working on, which kind of sucks, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that can be it. Yeah, I think that could be it. I didn't make progress in Final Fantasy VIII, and if I did, like, there's a point. It, I, yeah, you you probably don't want to talk to me about it too much until I get deeper. Yep. So it's fine. We can we call it early. It's like an hour long. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, uh, I hope you, uh, you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back again next week, like I said, with uh, seven, eight, nine. In the meantime, check out all our other podcasts. Neve, where can people find you? You can find me at Foxwomnia on basically any social media platform I'm on. But right now, it's basically just Twitter. That's the main one I use. Um, and go listen to my other podcasts. They're all on Xwar Audio. If you go to xwaraud.io, you'll find the Patreon. But it also has links to, you know... I feel like most of the podcasts, I don't know how update to date it is. I should check that. I can update that. I can just do that so that Autumn doesn't have to worry about it. 
Um, but anyway, uh, if you go there, you can check them out or you can support the network. Um, and, you know, listen to Ghost Divers if you've already read all of Nana, I guess. Yeah. This is the, the most, like, self-indulgent series that I've ever done. <laughs> That's correct. Um, listen to the non-homophobia zone. I feel like we've been, we've been having fun. I was forgetting it's every two weeks. So I, I literally every, all in the off weeks go, God damn it. There's not one of these. Um, that's the, the one podcast that I'm the most like on the off weeks. I'm like, God damn it. I can't believe we're not recording that. Yeah. It'd I'm be, also it'd like just be that. fun to record, but, um, who knows? Maybe it'll go weekly again once like. Autumn settles into new job. We'll see. It's we're we're shockingly little amount of distance away from me needing to grab Autumn to talk about fucking Miyazaki movies one more time because that motherfucker didn't die. He put on another movie. <laughs> Why hasn't he died yet? I know, but we'll he do, it. We'll do it. The aeroplane will ride again. Let's hope this one's doing less war crimes than the last one. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> we'll probably wait for the strike to end for that even if it is available just because that gets heavy promotion they've got a nice american star-studded dub cast um, yeah so but it yeah. is it is on the agenda for me to bug autumn about haven't actually bugged them about this yet there's gonna be the first they hear about it and go oh yeah. right fuck we gotta do another airplane yeah we do sorry yeah. this will come out in a week and then they'll listen to it like two weeks later <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> Then they'll post in the group chat. Yeah. Hi, Autumn. Where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Oh, I have hiccups. This sucks. Um, uh, you're not a fish. That doesn't help me. Uh, uh, God damn it. Um, I'm trying to post on Blue Sky more. I know that's the one everyone fucking hates, but I just can't get on with co-host. And lately I find when I post random things on Blue Sky, I get slightly more engaged. I don't get as much engagement as Twitter, but I don't get annoying engagement, which I sometimes get on Twitter. No one's being pedantic at me on Blue Sky. And don't start if you think about it, because um, I don't like it. Um I feel like Twitter's still the land of the too familiar reply from someone here that you don't know. You're like, what, what are you doing? Is, is this a bit? Um, yeah. This is the this is a this is a, this is a I do too many podcasts problem, and I I don't think parasociality is a, a real problem the way that influencers want to make it out to be. However, it does sometimes create this weird friction point where you're like, who's this person talking to me like they know me? And that's on me for putting out hundreds of hours of work where I am genuine me and it's one sided. So whatever, it's fine. Don't feel bad yeah. if you're this person. I mean, I never, I don't, I tried very hard not to snap at people about this. Um, but, um, blue sky, I feel like everyone's a little more chill. Everyone's, it just doesn't seem as heightened. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the people I follow, because I know everyone else seems to complain about blue sky being the worst side on earth. And, and I see the screenshots and it seems like the worst side on earth the way they have it set up. But it's yeah. been okay for me so far. Also, Twitter's just like fucking every, every 80% of tweets are about an atrocity happening like right now. And I'm like, I'm at work. I don't know. I, I can't do anything. And it's just like, I'm not saying it's invalid to tweet about the atrocities being, ha that's ha that are happening all the fucking time. It's just like, I can't, I, it's perpetual doom scrolling. Even if I just want to fucking check a feed, um, I am, I am signed up for doom scrolling and it just becomes mentally taxing 
to a degree. I'm like, what yeah. am I supposed to do? Like, just go full nihilistic, like, fucking about it? Um, and so I just pull back. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Uh, which is to say, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. I don't blue sky at emb. I think it's one word em being. I don't remember. Yeah. Cause I think coast is the dash. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. Please listen to the episode that aired on Friday of me and Dia and Jackson talking about Shenmue. It's three hours. It's fucking incredible. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done. It, it's unfair to say it's like one of the best games and one of the best episodes we did this year because we did the Chrono Cross episode with you this year. That is also one of the best games and one of the best episodes we've done. So, you know, it can be a good two. year. It can yeah. just be a good year. This is the thing about outdoor mapping. It's really easy to get hyperbolic. Like, this is the best game I played all year. But then I look at the year and I go, actually, no, because all I do is play great games. That's by design. <laughs> really spoiled over here. Um, but Shenmue is really special. And I think that episode's great. And it was good to do. Um, uh, you can listen to Gundam. We're watching Double O. I really like Double O Gundam. Uh, that one's going to, it's got to really fuck up. I mean, we're only nine episodes in, right? There's there's 41 episodes left, but I, I watch it now and I go, this could be a top five Gundam easy. They just have to not fuck it up. So we'll see. Um, I really like it, though. It's really good. Um, it feels like a Gundam for people who've watched a lot of Gundam and go, okay, but can you have a new idea, please? Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, I what else do I have? Oh, watch me and Dia play Flower, Sun, and Rain. We couldn't record last week, but we—if we don't record this week, it's because something happened and it, things come up. Um, but we both really want to fucking record. We got over the freeze that we had last time. Uh, it took an afternoon of me and Dia both working on different emulators to try to get past the freeze point that we were hit because that game has a notorious like hard lock. Um, that happens on a lot of emulators and the 3DS. If you played on 3DS, apparently it happens there too. Um, Oof. bad. Um, but we're through it yeah. and we can move on. Uh, we just haven't recorded yet, but I'm really excited for to do that. And, uh, I think that's it. I'll have a VoIP coming up on Friday. If you go to patreon.com slash no mapping and give us five, $10 for VoIP life, uh, where me and Jex are making our top 100 games of all time lists and sh- sharing them. I have my list mostly made and in order. And uh, I might fiddle with it a little, but it's mostly done. And uh, that's going to be a weird episode because we did the Edge Top 100 the last 30 years. And some of the Discord was like, all right, you keep complaining about these damn lists. Make one yourself. And I was like, okay, done. Sat down, did it in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that'll be a fun episode. It hasn't been recorded yet. So maybe it sucks, but I bet it's good. I bet I like it. <laughs> I bet the lists will be better. Than the other well, list that you here's did. Here's the thing is, like, because we are not making a... This is... I mean, we'll talk about the episode, but preview for the yeah. episode that hasn't been recorded yet. One of the things that you do when you make a list, especially as, like, an editorial site, is you you start projecting what is the, like, stance of the, the group on the best? What is the best video game? What does that even mean? Is it about significance? Then, like, we need to put Minecraft way higher than I would personally put Minecraft, even though I like Minecraft. You know, oh, we gotta... Do we have to include Modern Warfare for uh sorry call of duty for modern warfare even though i don't fucking care i've never played it uh i we probably should because it's important to people um and the more voices you have creating like an amalgam list the more bullshit like that happens to it it just trends towards boring um yeah and then people say oh mass effect 2 and the last of us have to be on your top 10 and i say you're out of your goddamn minds um 
And what I want to, what I think a list should be, ideally, is you, you look at someone's list and you can tell what they like and you hopefully get a couple ideas on things you haven't thought of checking out before that you can now check out. Um, and I understand that I'm at the point now where I've played like, you know, 2000 games and I know about most of the other ones and I don't, I, I go through lists and I'm like, okay, yeah, I've heard of all these and I've played a lot of them. Um, but I love a list that just surprised me with something like, oh, I haven't really thought, you really like that game that much? I guess I'll give it a shot. Um, I'd never considered playing that one before. Uh, I think that I think that it's really important to have games like that in any list. Otherwise, you're wasting yeah. everyone's time. Just re- you might as well go regurgitate like the top. Uh, ro- what, not Rotten Tomatoes. What is it? Uh, what's the game Rotten Tomatoes? Metacritic. The top Metacritic yeah. score games and put them in a list and put that out there as if it's criticism or like a personal taste. And it's not. Um, yeah. Do something. So I tried really hard to make a list that is me and my taste. And there's obviously very popular games on there. And there's like games that people don't like on there that I happen to be really fond of. And there's just games for my that were important to me at a certain point in my life that are on there that probably would not be on most people's lists. And it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, if I did a list like this, Tulip would be on it, and nobody else is going to put Tulip on it. <laughs> I did not put Tulip on mine. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't get away with that because I didn't actually play Tulip all... And that's not true. I have games on there that I have not finished, but... um I mean, uh, unsurprisingly, Moon, a remix RPG adventure by the same people's on there, because that's one of my f- fucking games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's something to play that. It's good. Um... But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that list because I made I made a very me list. I even gave myself the challenge of one entry per franchise. Uh, so there's only one Final Fantasy game on there. And you already know what it is. If you know anything about me, you already know what fucking game it is. Uh, yeah. Ten two. <laughs> I know it's not ten two, but I had to say it. Ten twos, ten two. When I rate Final Fantasies, the, I kind of group the tens together because I think it's really hard for me to separate them in my mind. Yeah. Um, but as a group, they are the second best final fantasy. I firmly believe that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my stuff. Uh, look forward to it. I guess we'll be back next time with some more bullshit. Uh, sorry for driving. It really is my fault. We get to the outro. And I'm like, I have more things to say. Let's just ramble for 10 more minutes. <laughs> Um, that happens every time every single time uh, thank you so much for listening until then we are out of the podcast and then we were out of the podcast
Thank you.